Hello and welcome to another episode of the Art of Blooming podcast with your host Daniela and Mariah. So today we have such a cool episode in which I had so many like breakthroughs and validation. We have Katina from Daydreamers. She is such an incredible creator and she's also a founder of this incredible startup that really wants to empower people to step into their creative essence in easy, accessible ways. And we've been following her on TikTok for like at least a year. Yes. And this all came together very serendipitously. Totally. As they do here. Yes. But yeah, we've been just sharing her videos back and forth on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And one day I was like, we need to bring her on. And then you had the courage to I commented on her video and she Mm -hmm. responded. And then we we emailed each other and we set it up and bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. And we the episode is so good. I would highly recommend this for people that are in a creative field or just anyone really mm-hmm. that is wanting to just bring more, more joy into yeah. their life. More joy, more balance. For sure. And things. her work is just chef's kiss. You will hear mm-hmm. the astonishment in my voice. Yes. And there's video recording of this. So yes. you'll probably see my face going all like… <laughs> so it's yes. a great one. So many mind-blowing moments, so many synchronicities. We resonate so much with everything that Katina and her team at Daydreamers are doing. They're on the precipice of something that is going to continue to be a huge conversation, creativity as a form of overall wellness. Mm. So we're excited and honored to have here and we can't wait for you to listen for yourself. For sure. So we'll just leave you with the episode. Enjoy! Welcome, Katina, to the Art of Moving podcast. We're so excited to have you. So excited to have you. Like we just said, we're big fans of your content. We've discovered you on TikTok. Yes. Danielle and I always send each other like a million videos <laughs> a day. And um, yours just repetitively yes. keep resonating with everything that we talk about and that we talk mm-hmm. about on the podcast. And so we were like… This feels like another soul-aligned client. And like, not client, but like, guest. Yes. Sorry. (laughs) Yes. Just like so excited to reach out. Yes. So um, actually, I wanted to share like the moment it like clicked in my brain that we had to have you on, Katina, was when you shared about the hot mess theory. Like that for me was like so good. And before we get into your, like, can we please, like, can you go into the hot mess theory, please? I'm just like, ah. Yeah, (laughs) of course. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, It's always so nice to connect with people face-to-face, even if it's virtual, that you meet on the internet, because I feel like it can be a really lonely and weird place <laughs> sharing content and creating things. So it's really wonderful to to be able to actually talk about the things that we consume, right? But yeah, I feel like we have so much to cover. I can definitely give a high level on what the hot vest theory is. And I think it probably coincides with a lot of what we'll talk about, which is creativity in a human way, right? Because we are all creative beings and um, it's something that often gets suppressed in our very linear world. So basically the hot mess theory is kind of based on that exact thesis and that concept, right? That we're kind of taught to fit into this very structured way of being um, in small ways, like, you know, checking off to-do lists and then in big ways when it comes to our careers and our life paths. But when we look at not only the happiest people, but the most fulfilled and even the most quote-unquote successful, they're the ones who have taken very non-linear pathways. So they might have, you know, traveled around without having a job when they were in their 20s. They might have taken a bunch of different career paths that don't make sense when you're kind of looking forward. But ultimately, when we're able to kind of collect as many different life experiences as 
we can, we become more creative, more open, more curious, more imaginative, and ultimately more fulfilled. So I think a lot of times it can feel like we're a hot mess when we're doing things that seem very chaotic and nonlinear, but it leads to a much more fulfilling life. It resonates so deeply with what you were talking about. And that was seriously like what I needed to hear. It's yeah. so like on brand, like, just perfect. But I now I just have to ask, like, how did you come to the like I've been consuming your content for a while and I just want our listeners to kind of like understand like how did you go from like having like a job? Like I know that you've shared that you had a job and now you have this incredible startup. Like what what's your villain origin story basically? Like how did you go from, you know, living your life until now? Yeah. Uh. What a journey. Um, I love that you framed it as a villain origin story because I do I do feel that I'm in my villain era right now, <laughs> um, which is really going off the beaten path, right? But I started my career back in finance in New York. So very, very different world than where I am right now. Um, I grew up in as a first gen immigrant, my dad was born in Greece and always was kind of told that I, you know, had to do the successful thing, right? Kind of follow the already laid out path. And after going to college, studying finance and business, I kind of just was ushered into um, what was deemed most successful, made the most amount of money, and you know the story. So, um, I started my career there and very quickly realized that that not only was not the space for me, but also was really kind of the first time that I allowed myself to be creative um, outside of something that was monetary. So I found myself kind of dealing with and understanding my own burnout and uh, kind of mental health struggles through journaling and writing. And it really opened up this whole entire other world to me and really allowed me to reconnect with this side of my creativity that I felt like I hadn't been able to since I was a kid. Um, and from there, kind of things changed very drastically. Um, and I can go into kind of more detail, but I ended up writing a book about growing up in a mindful and happy way called Unadulting after running a blog for a couple of years. Um, and then I got my master's in clinical psychology at Columbia's Mind Body Institute, which is this really fascinating program where we kind of study all of the ways that we can kind of flourish and thrive as humans. And what I zeroed in on was our creative health and why that was kind of an element of our humanity that we just didn't pay attention to um, in a very structured world. And that's where Daydreamers, my startup and company now was born. So a very windy path, one that only only makes sense when I kind of connect the dots looking backwards. <laughs> wow, that's so amazing. And I love how you zero in on the creativity mm -hmm. element because Danielle and I are both creative. Inherently, I mean, all of us have that creativity within, mm. but I think there's a certain amount of us who choose it actively as a career, as a hobby. And so I just love the idea of how creativity and also another big element is mm. spirituality. And you've talked about that before is the connection between our creativity and spirituality. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we're always definitely connecting to like our intuition through being in that flow state when you really allow yourself to surrender to um, whatever medium that you're using. And so I would love if you could share more about your experience specifically with using creativity in your life and how it really helped guide you to the next step to starting everything that you're creating. Yeah, such a beautiful question. I think just to kind of take a step back, what's really interesting, and you kind of hinted at this a little bit, but a lot of times we only consider creativity as art right? It's something that we produce, something that maybe even we make money for, something that's beautiful that other people can judge and see for themselves. But when we look at creativity from the most basic scientific perspective, it's literally 
defined as openness. So being open to new ideas and experiences um, and kind of when we lead with that definition, it allows us to kind of practice it in a very well-being way, right? So it's connected to how we feel and how we exist in the world. Um, So kind of that baseline, something that's one of my biggest missions in the world is to be able to uh, kind of redefine the way that we talk about and think about creativity and see it as something for every single person. That being said, I think something that's really fascinating about it is that it's not only a way of life and a way of being, right, but it's also a very powerful tool that when we engage in it intentionally, it has been shown scientifically to be able to not only change our mood and our emotional state in the moment, but also many different kind of psychological elements of our well-being, which is exactly kind of what we focus on at Daydreamers. So I think what's really fascinating is using creativity as this tool, something that doesn't need to be perfect, something that is connected to our spirituality, our health. Um, it allows us to get into the creative flow and a way that is enjoyable and fun and something we can do consistently. So for me, the way that looks is kind of actually doing different things all the time. The thing that I am most connected to right now is something we call it Daydreamers Awe Box. And I've talked about it um, on TikTok before, but it's going out um, just on a regular walk without listening to anything and being able to absorb in the beauty around you, even just for 15 minutes. And I have been seeing that as a really powerful creative practice that helps me get into the creative flow. Yes. I have done that recently. I mean, I love <laughs> listening to my music, yeah. but when you kind of tune into the senses around you, I find there's messages and moments of clarity. When you attune yourself to your environment. Yes. Do you do that? Do, do I do that? Those walks. Oh, those walks? Well, actually, no, not a lot. I'm very, like, I, and I think that this is inspiring me a lot because, like, I feel like as a as someone that has a creative job, it's really difficult to sort of like do creative things for the sake of just being creative. And I have been burnt out so many times in the last three years since I did started doing this full time. So it's like, I think that that would help me. And one thing that I wanted to share was like, when I started doing pottery, just for the sake of doing pottery, ugly ass pottery, <laughs> it changed a lot of like my inspiration levels. And it was just like, because I'm not doing it to make it a business. I'm not doing it to be the best at pottery. I'm just there to connect with the medium and like, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes, totally. Surrendering to that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think what's really interesting about that is we hear that a lot with people at Daydreamers. Like they are creative for their jobs and it feels like they have no creativity left over in order to kind of um, uh, rejuvenate themselves, right? You're doing it all day and then you don't want to do it as a well-being practice. But what's really interesting is that when we kind of look at those different levels of creativity that I talked about before, the foundation of all types of creativity is something called mini C creativity. So it's the kind that doesn't need to be associated with perfection and output. It could be going on an all walk. It could be doodling at your desk. And this kind of serves as almost the um, basis for all other types of creative acts that we can engage in. So if you want to be more creative at work, you actually kind of have to dedicate some time to rejuvenating that creative self in these small everyday ways. Um, And even if you don't have a creative career, it's obviously still really beneficial for your health and well-being. So I like to see it almost as a pyramid and mini C creating is at the bottom and the most important. And then everything else on top of that is something that really feeds from and derives from our regular creative practice. So true. Wow. And so what other forms of creativity do you usually recommend? Like what types of mediums? 
Um, I know you said the walk, but is there anything else? Yeah, yeah, totally. So what we have done at Daydreamers that I think is really interesting is we've kind of broken down this creative spectrum, we like to call it, because obviously creativity can exist in so many different ways. It's hard to know exactly where to start and what to do. And they all actually have different impacts on our well-being, our performance, our kind of sense of purpose. So I like to think about it in three different buckets. First, there's expression. So that's kind of typically what we think of, right? It's talking, it's writing, it's um, drawing, it's anything where we are able to connect our mind and body and bring those inner thoughts out into the external world. That's really powerful for kind of emotional connection and processing and things that I like to do there. I'm a writer, so I love kind of connecting with that part of myself, but I have been obsessed with watercolor too. And I am not definitely wouldn't consider myself an artist by any means, but it's a really relaxing and calming practice for me. The second bucket that we like to think about is creative thinking. So this is our brainstorming, learning, being able to kind of energize ourselves with new ideas, collecting those dots. Um, And I love doing this, you know, um, when uh, this could be something you do at work, but also brainstorming anything, making space before looking something up on Google and being able to kind of run through all of those different ideas that you have in your brain is called divergent thinking. And it's really powerful for brain health and longevity. And then the last type of creativity that I like to think of is noticing. So this is where all walks come in, right? It's being able to be in the presence of beauty and um, using your imagination, experiencing wonder, watching a sunset, um, being able to connect more deeply with yourself and others. And this is kind of one of the most beautiful aspects of creativity to me. And I think the part we like underplay the most. Um, But yeah, so thinking about it in those three buckets, expression, thinking, and noticing. Oh, I love that. And as you were saying that, I was thinking about, I know you covered three, but the elements So like watercolor Mm. connecting to water, connecting to that fluidity. And then Mm. air, like the brainstorming is air, is connecting to that air energy of ideas. Um, And then the noticing is in the physical, it's Mm. earth. So I wonder Mm. if there's a fourth one, fire. It's fire. (laughs) What's fire? Burning things. (laughs) Writing and burning things. (laughs) That's actually a great practice. It's very therapeutic. I have had my fair share of writing letters that I then burn. Yeah, fire rituals. Fire rituals. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, this is, that's, that's totally. a great, wow, I love that. Mm-hmm. No, and I love, like, it doesn't have to be, like, what I feel that a lot of, like, the wellness community and, like, in general, like, even spirituality feels very ritualistic and that you need so many different things. Like, you need, like, a candle and then a face mask and then the thing. And then it can be as simple as taking a walk and noticing your surroundings and noticing beauty to practice wellness. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's yeah. I, what I love about your approach, Katina, is how accessible it is to absolutely anyone to be to connect to their creative selves yeah totally I think I in most of my 20s went through a very deep phase of kind of healing and trying to understand how to um feel my best and a lot of what I personally got caught in up in was buying a lot of things um, and kind of turning to a lot of these external things that I was being sold, right? Like candles. I feel like now there's even shampoos that say that they impact your mental health, which is just so nice. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't honestly believe how that's legal, but Anyway, that's an aside. Marketing, marketing. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. And I think what I've kind of learned through my own personal experience and then obviously through my education is how much of a superpower we really have within us and how much 
we, because of culture, because of expectations, um, because of just the way modern society works, we've come so far from that. And I really see it as a returning to this very kind of basic need and strength of ours um, that can be accessed in so many different ways. And, you know, it's something that we have within us no matter where we go. Mm, truly. Yes. We can access it anytime. We truly can. And I think that something else that I just think that we should definitely cover throughout this episode is kind of like how important it is to take care of that creative self. Because like, I think that, and Mm -hmm. I'm only speaking from my own experience, but like when you're constant, like when it's, it becomes your work or when you're like forcing it. I, I remember when I used to work at an ad agency that I felt like I was a printer. Like mm-hmm. they they expected me to bring like come up with these like super innovative and like creative ideas every single day on the spot. And I could and I think that that's only yeah. sustainable for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then also like you have to be taking care of your of that of your instrument, mm-hmm. <laughs> like of your yeah. brain, like how important yeah. it is to like be in a good mental space, right? Like, yeah, that's so true. And I remember when I was at a previous job where I was forced to always be like the brainstormer. Mm-hmm. So I was brought into meetings to be the idea person. And I just remember having one moment where I was like, I can't, nothing was coming. <laughs> and I remember my ex-boss was like, because I, I said, I think I just, I don't have anything at the moment. And she was like, yeah, well, we don't have that excuse here. So like, keep say something. Mm, and I just yeah. remember in that moment being like, oh my gosh, I'm not a robot. I'm not a machine. I'm a human being. And there are ways that I need to like take care of myself so that I can have access to that like source within. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love that you bring that yeah. up too. It's like nurturing yourself so that you can access that mm-hmm. superpower creativity within. Totally. I think what's what you're both saying is so fascinating. I've experienced it myself, kind of that teetering on the edge of burnout, even when you're doing something that you love and that's really interesting. It's really hard to kind of find that balance. And the way that I like to think of it in my own kind of personal creating, even on TikTok at work, um, and then just even in my personal practice is in seasons of creativity. Sometimes my season of creativity is going inward and just kind of absorbing and noticing and giving myself space to be unproductive, right? And sometimes it's external. It's sharing, it's connecting, it's um, writing, it's brainstorming. It's all of the things that we typically associate with creativity. At Daydreamers, we actually build in unproductive days for our very small team. But um, it's really important to us to kind of see and value that the basis of being creative is doing nothing. It's giving ourselves space to be bored. um, And that's really where we start to come up and generate our most creative ideas. And when we're constantly producing and being external, we don't, we, you know, um, kind of run out of things to do and that energy and steam. So we have to prioritize not only just rest, but also kind of allowing ourselves to do nothing for the sake of creativity. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just had a moment of realizing how amazing it is that you're walking your talk, Mm -hmm. that you're company dreamers is like a living testament of everything that you're teaching that we built this company this brand with using these tools and we're actively using them so Mm -hmm. I think that's remarkable and I would just love to hear more about the process of like doing a startup and how unglamorous it can be and just kind of like the everyday struggle and doing it while being very mindful of your team's like mental health Mm -hmm. your own creative mental health like all like I just am fascinated and I'm very like I want to learn more I'm like yeah (laughs) I'm geeking out what is that like for you in the day-to-day yeah oh my gosh I think that you hit on a really important word that I don't think that's talked about with entrepreneurship Um, and especially startups, is unglamorous. (laughs) A lot of times from the outside, and especially in the kind of decade that we all grew up in, right? It was something that was very much like anyone can do it. 
it's this very cool, interesting thing. And it's interesting because when I think about my childhood and what I've always wanted to be since I was a young kid was an entrepreneur. Um, I grew up in a family of small business owners and I went to NYU's uh, business school as an undergrad. Um, and I got there just thinking that like business school was teaching you to start a business, not to go into investment banking. And I was very sorely mistaken. <laughs> um, but I think that that like grit and tenacity and passion is something that needs to exist within you, especially within the early stages of starting anything. And it doesn't need to be huge, right? I experienced that when I was starting my blog on adulting. It was like this inner fire that was driving me to write late at night, um, to do all of these very unglamorous things. It just felt like it was this necessary pull. And I think that is definitely kind of what drew me to starting Daydreamers and also kind of what has allowed me to power through over the past couple of years since we've been through many iterations of what it is. Um, one thing that I will say that I think is pretty rare is I actually started this with my husband. So we both met as undergrads at NYU, both in the business school, both kind of worked in finance after college. Um, and had very similar upbringings. You know, he was born in India and we both kind of had very similar experiences working in the corporate world and then also caring for and talking about our mental health. Um, I think, you know, in the family that we grew up in, it wasn't something that was talked about and it was kind of just like, put your head down and do the thing that you need to do. Um, So when we kind of both, knew that we wanted to start a company at some point in our lives. But when we came to starting Daydreamers, it was purely out of wanting to help others get through an experience that we kind of felt like we had found an answer to. I think a lot of people who start companies nowadays, as we kind of circling back to the beginning of this, start them for the reasons of getting rich and being famous, which is great. You know, like there are some people that really benefit from that and they are able to do it. Um, I feel like for Doopy and I, we actually really started Daydreamers out of a pure need and passion to improve the well-being of hopefully the world. Um, and I think that that has been really beneficial in getting through the unglamorous parts of it. And really kind of, as you said, being able to walk the walk and prioritize the things that um, we're helping others do for our team and ourselves as well. But it's, you know, been detrimental on some some sides of things, right? Like people in the startup space are very cutthroat. They, you know, are not necessarily starting their businesses and companies for the pure intentional reasons of like, doing something that improves the world. And I think we've had to learn a little bit more of like the fitting in the norms um, and kind of the uh, startup lingo and things of that nature. And that has been much more of a challenge than like starting the company and kind of building our product and our community. So it's it's been a journey and I think challenging in some ways and like the most rewarding thing I've ever done and probably ever will do in many, many others. So I think it balances out. Yes. And you're just so connected to purpose. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I keep hearing when you speak is connecting to mm-hmm. that deep purpose yeah. and the pure intent. And mm-hmm. I we believe wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly that that. when you're connected to that. Uh, you will always be supported. Mm-hmm. And thinking through like a spiritual lens, it's like yeah. having faith and belief in what you're doing that's going to create impact is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And also using the tools that you have to help mm-hmm. push you through that, I think is just this like ripple effect, this like full circle moment. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just incredible what you're doing. And I'm so excited to learn more about like what's coming with daydreamers and if you want to share a little bit more about like 
the platform and the community? Like we would love to hear about it. Yes. Um, both of those things. I think your first point about purpose is so important and really kind of the basis of what we're seeing as one of the most powerful elements of creative health at Daydreamers and just even in my own research in school is that creativity as a baseline allows us to make meaning in our lives, right? So I think that um, uh, kind of coming to that in my own personal journey and then seeing how it impacts people every single day um, in our community and kind of the way that they're able to kind of make meaning in big ways and small in their lives is allowing me to feel most connected to what we're doing and building at Daydreamers. So I love that. And I think that purpose is a very um, underrated element of well-being and also one that has so many misconceptions around it because we typically think that it has to be something that changes the world. And if that happens, that's amazing, but really it comes through in these very small moments. But yeah, kind of circling back to what Daydreamers is, I know we've been kind of amorphously talking about it, but essentially our purpose and, you know, reason for creating Daydreamers is to help every single adult um, restore and access their creative health. So really thinking about creativity, like we've talked about as a tool for our well-being, our fulfillment, our performance, but then also as a really important element of our overall well-being, just like mental health, physical health, creative health is on its own um, a really important facet of how we exist and thrive in the world. So what we do at Daydreamers has kind of three different elements to it. The first is we provide our members with actual physical creative tools that really serve almost as we like to call them anti-journaling like um, or dumbbells for your brain. They're really clear um, ways that you can start to express yourself creatively and work on different elements of your emotional well-being. So for example, one of the kind of first pathways that you might go on in daydreamers is what we call chill but it's really about kind of allowing yourself and giving yourself space to relax using mind-body connection and creative expression and then also working on reducing perfectionism um, and many other kind of trappings that come with creative expression right so we use physical creative tools as really one element of um, practicing everyday creativity and then we have an app where we give a bunch of different exercises based on different well-being needs and goals that you have um, different amounts of time that you might have if you only have a five-minute break in between the meeting um, or if you have a whole entire afternoon what are different ways that you can start to exercise your creative brain and then uh, like we talked about before, a lot of different, really fascinating learnings and ways to start to think differently um, and start to practice that divergent thinking by learning about psychology, neuroscience, um, performance, human potential, things of that nature. And the last part within the app that I am most fascinated by, and I think you guys, from what I can sense, would be too, is we actually are able to track the changes to your creative health. So a lot of times creativity can be so amorphous, right? It's something that we don't know how we're making progress in or what's changing. So we've actually come up with our own scientifically validated metrics that measure your creative health and fulfillment writ large and how it's changing by practicing everyday creativity. And the last piece is our amazing community. I think we had been from day one of kind of beta testing daydreamers. People had wanted to be able to connect with other people who are going through a similar experience. And um, I think community is just one of the most important ways that we are able to kind of show our creativity and our creative health um, outside of ourselves, right? Generosity is one of the best ways that we can improve our well-being. So we do a lot of pondering and thinking and talking about kind of 
things that are happening in the world and then also our own creative practice together. So physical expression, um, learning, thinking, exercising, and then being able to connect with other people who are on this journey. That's the platform. It has taken a while to get here, but um, it's really exciting. And we are in what we call early access. Um, but essentially, we're still kind of building alongside our community and will be fully launched likely next year. But we have, you know, hundreds of members and it's awesome. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I think you've reached your target audience. Yeah. Um, I feel like I need all of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is the modern day art. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Come exactly. Join. It just sounds like yeah. very like the thing with for example I tried doing the artist way Mm -hmm. earlier this year and it it was Mm -hmm. I have a full-time job I run a design studio Mm -hmm. like I all it was so effortful (laughs) effortful effortful is that a word I'm not sure it needs to be it needs to be but it was just like I just had to put in so much effort and I knew that it would pay off eventually but I was, it was exhausting. Yeah. This sounds fun. Fun. This yeah. sounds like something that I want to do. Yeah. And then, yeah. And, and there's diversity within it. Yes. And sometimes you only need five, 10, 15 minutes yes. to do it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I think yes. genius, Katina. Genius. I'm like, yes. Totally. I'm like fans. Oh, oh thank you. No. Yeah. I want to track my creativity. I'm so glad to hear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, I think what's really interesting is we've heard a lot or from people who are artists and creatives that it reminds them of a scientific, accessible and fun. I love that you use that word version of the artist way, which I think is so cool because it is a very intimidating process, right? But the purpose of it um, is to make creativity a habit, something mm-hmm. that you can do without worrying about what the output is, right? And I think that's a lot of what kind of our similar elements of our mission are. I think what's so cool also about daydreamers that I think you guys would really love too is that people within the community and who are doing it are scared of creativity too. So the diversity of like the people that are within this group and then also that like get access to it is really powerful. And I think a lot of times things like the artist way can be really off-putting because it feels like a lot of work. It takes a lot of energy and it's only for one specific type of person mm-hmm. who considers themselves an artist. So nice. yes, yes not the community, to all, really. there's all no the community. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's no community aspect. And I think that like yeah. the community, I and we, we were just talking about this before. Like for us, community has been such an important thing of like surrounding ourselves with the right people, with the right friends that will cheer you on, that will be there like to be like, yes, you can do this or mm-hmm. I'm going through this as well. We can work on this together. Yeah. Like I think that that is such a beautiful added value to what you're doing because like, I'm just excited to join, to be yeah. honest. Mm-hmm. I, I'm to meet more people. Because yeah. I think that's why we, yeah. we do this. Exactly. To connect with people who are like-minded and who yeah. can be a part of this giant support group of mm-hmm. cheering one another on. Yes. And also being these inspiring sources for one another. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're learning as we're meeting more people is we're so inspired by the people mm-hmm. in our life that it's like, we're mirroring to each other yes. and it continues to like fuel us as we grow. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think we wrote a piece a couple of months ago about how even the most famous artists were all friends. And a lot of times we think that creativity happens in a silo and it's our own inspiration that um, drives it. But um yeah, even the people that we look up to from hundreds of years ago were parts of groups of people who brought them diverse experiences and ideas. And I think what's so important is that it is how we individually interact in the world. We have to collect a lot of those different experiences ourselves, but also we have to surround ourselves with people who are very diverse and different from us so that we can kind of use the way that they see the world to feed our own. And that in and of itself is creativity from my point of view. So I love the way you're talking about it. 
I love this. And I and it makes me think of like Paris in the 1920s with like the authors, the painters, just like I yes. like midnight in Paris mode. Yes. Like you you had people from all sorts of different backgrounds. You had a bunch of expats exactly. as well. And you were in this like foreign country. And then to bring it to nowadays, like if you think about like Taylor Swift's group of friends. I just had to. I just had to bring <laughs> it there. Have to drop Taylor Always Swift have there. to drop Taylor Swift. I'm just just gonna yes. drop her into my podcast until she listens. So <laughs> I, if you think about it, like she has like this huge group of people, right? Like actors, singers, um, producers. Directors, I bet there's yeah. so many like different people from like different walks mm-hmm. of life, and I think that that really enriches your own experience. And it's like the coolest thing ever. And I'm just very excited for Daydreamers, Katina. I'm like. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> like, and can, wait before we get into anything else. Uh, how did you come up with the name? Yes, we love the name. What was the creative process getting there? Such a good question. Yeah. So the creative process, I think, actually probably demonstrates how I think creativity works best. I was on a run, and I had like given myself the bounds of thinking about the name before I went. And I just kind of let my mind wander. And all of a sudden, it actually like struck me. And we've been through so many iterations of what Daydreamers is. And I think that the name has always represented our values and the most important elements of what we do and what we believe. And I'll explain why in a moment. But what I think is really cool from a scientific perspective, creative inspiration in a way, does actually strike. And when we kind of allow our mind to wander, we're entering the default mode network. So kind of the part of our brain that comes up with creative ideas. And what if you want to kind of create the perfect storm for it, it's really powerful to be able to relax, to let your mind wander, and kind of not put any necessarily like time bounds on your creativity. And then it'll do its magic. That's why sometimes you come up with really good ideas while you're in the shower because you're allowing yourself to be in the default mode network in a really relaxing way. So that in and of itself, what I just described is daydreaming, right? Daydreaming is so powerful. It's like literally the foundation of creativity, but the way that we perceive it in the world is something that's bad. And we kind of often are told to stop daydreaming when we're a kid, um, to stop looking out the window, stop paying attention. And really, it's like the genesis of all the good stuff when it comes to creativity. So we chose that name because it was something that we often got in trouble for as kids and stopped doing completely as adults in order to fit into the system of success, right? Um, But we kind of wanted to start to push back against the status quo and also give permission to people to see that when we look at it from a research perspective, it is uh, one of the coolest things we could let our brain do. So it kind of combines science pushing back against, you know, our societal expectations and then also just having fun. Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed. I love everything you just said. Yeah. So many moments, especially Danielle's like always having shower <laughs> thoughts. I'm always having shower thoughts. And I always like and when I'm yeah. when I'm like washing the dishes or like showering or when Driving. you were explaining yeah, don't drive, I don't yes, drive, for the but like for the drivers, I, <laughs> yeah. But like whenever I have like a bad day when I'm like yeah. not being creative and I just spend the day like running errands or like I'm going to go to the supermarket and then I'm going to go buy flowers and I'm going to go through this. And then by the end of the day, my like, it's clear, like the the channel is clear, things are coming in. But when you're forcing creativity is where like, and I think that when you're forcing anything in general, Mm -hmm. like I think that like, that's when like there's a blockage. And Mm -hmm. I just love that there's like a scientific proof of it. Mm -hmm. It's not that I'm like, oh, I'm just flimsy. No, it's like there's scientific proof Mm -hmm. that you actually need to let go Mm -hmm. and like let it you know be bored like I just I feel like I needed this episode so bad (laughs) as like a workaholic that's working on it Mm -hmm. to like chill Mm -hmm. 
just mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm having so many moments. I I could listen to you all day. Oh, like this is the jam. Like it is. <laughs> yes. Oh, like the- so good. Yeah. I think just kind of piggybacking off of what you said, it's so important to give ourselves space to like live in that unproductive time. And also as someone who is, you know, a workaholic who's working on it, perfectionist, all of the things. I think it's also really important to continue to show up for our creativity, right? Even when it's not perfect. Um, One of our mentors from the very beginning days of Daydreamers is this guy, Dr. Tony Brandt. He co-authored a book with this other amazing researcher, Dr. David Eagleman. And if anyone is interested, it's called The Runaway Species. And it's basically about how creativity is in our human DNA. It's literally our human superpower. And he, Dr. Brandt is a composer and a scientist. And he talks a lot about how he schedules in 30 minutes every day to show up to do his composing. And sometimes it's just staring at his screen and sometimes it's coming up with his best ideas, right? But like not overriding the importance of giving yourself that dedicated time and space because a lot of times what we see all the time at daydreamers is that creativity falls to the bottom of your to-do list right it's like the last thing that you can reward yourself with if you get all the other stuff done um so i think it's so important to kind of block out that space and whatever shows up during that space doesn't matter but at least you're prioritizing it um and i think you know that's obviously what we strive for at daydreamers and even as in my own practice it's something that i try my hardest not to overwrite at least four times a week. So I aim for four. And scientifically, that's a really powerful kind of space to be because our creativity, the impact of it exists for over 24 hours when we engage in it. So it doesn't need to be every day, um, but it should be a predominant amount of time each week. Wow. And I think what's so cool is that you're able to track it. So it's like, when you can see that something's working, mm-hmm. because I think yeah. a lot of people just don't understand the impact. Because totally. like, we all know that when our hair is dirty, like we see it, we need to wash it. So <laughs> we know how we feel after we wash it. So we prioritize those things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Creativity can be something that's like, we don't see the outcome. Mm. And so being able to track it and have conversations and see how it can catapult you and actually propel you in whatever you're doing. Or just thinking about, like, I had a really good day that day. I wonder why. Like, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's the 30 minutes of, as you said, being creative. Or, like, I I played with Play-Doh with my niece, right? And you don't don't really think that that's, like, a big thing. But it is a big thing that impacted your own emotional Mm well-being that day. And connected you to maybe your inner child. Maybe it, you know, like, sparked something in you. Mm-hmm. And I just think that it's just so imp- I'm I'm cha- I'm forever changed by this conversation. Yeah. I mean, I think also like something we could oh. potentially talk about is um, people who struggle with depression and anxiety and ADHD and how this can be a tool to really help cope through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we have seen. So many people within daydreamers, some of them have diagnosed mental health issues. Some of them are adults who have just discovered they have ADHD or neurodivergent. And some of them who are kind of in this middle ground, I've talked about this a lot on TikTok, but are in what we call in the psychology world languishing. So you're not necessarily thriving, but you are not clinically depressed. You just aren't great. Adam Grant calls it feeling blob, but it actually is where we're at the highest risk of slipping into other diagnosed mental health issues. And I think what's really powerful about creativity in particular, especially as it relates to languishing and burnout, is that when we express ourselves, it closes out the stress cycle. So it allows us, and it's really one of the handful of ways that we can kind of end the stress cycle 
through that mind-body connection and then also have fun, which is such a core element of our well-being that we forget about so often. Um, and a kind of core component of getting into the creative flow is enjoying ourselves. And I think a lot of well-being practices out there, um, not to knock any of them, you know, I I meditate, I run, I do all of the things, but they don't necessarily have that element of enjoyment, right? Um, they're kind of very serious, sit down, sit still, do you know what you're supposed to. And I think a lot of people, when they come to daydreamers or even just create on their own, they're able to move and have fun and connect with this part of themselves. Like you said, that you might not have engaged in since you were a kid. So I think it's something that's very different than what exists in a lot of our well-being practices. And it's very, in particular, helpful for people who are experiencing burnout, languishing, and those who are neurodivergent, because it allows you to move and kind of activate the part of their brain that scientifically is uh, stronger, right? That nonlinear divergent thinking is something that's actually a superpower for people who have ADHD. So I think it kind of solves all of the, all of the different things that you talked about and is really one of the core ways that we um, should be adding into our schedule and our well-being practices. Yes. And I think as you're talking, I'm thinking of coming back to a state of balance mm -hmm. because we have all these tools like mm -hmm. meditation and running, but I feel like a lot of those tools are very masculine, right? There's like so much action. And I think creativity really? is so feminine. It's so flow. Mm -hmm. And so we're yeah. in this time of like the rise of the feminine, right? Like this mm -hmm. is the time to take mm -hmm. the feminine more seriously yeah, um, and to really honor it and to know that we need to have both elements to find this perfect state of balance, you know? Yeah, totally. And what I think is so cool to me is kind of having started this with Dupi who's a guy, um, and seeing a lot of men drawn into daydreamers and kind of needing to balance out this part of themselves that obviously, you know, it's not a gendered thing, but I think our hypothesis was that it would be mostly women who were connected to their creativity and this kind of um, flow and, you know, their well-being, right? But a lot of times the men get left out of the equation, right? So we've actually seen a lot of them really benefit from um, creative practice in a way that I didn't expect. Yeah. And if you think about it, like, I think that there's so much pressure put on men to be even more productive than women. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. they're expected to mm -hmm. be productive. They're expected to not show their feelings. They're expected. And it's like, mm -hmm. And it's harmful. Like the whole like boys don't cry thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's done so much harm. And I think that through connecting to creativity, to their feelings, to all of these things, like that is creating like a more balanced like male mm -hmm. energy. And it's helping. Like I see it with my, with my brother. Like my mom didn't bring him up that way. But society has fed this entire idea. And he is a very like emotional person. And he's very like soft. And… And as his sister, as his big sister, I've always like feared for him because I'm like, he must be protected. He's too pure. When in reality, he's he's a balanced man, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. It's like so, yeah. I'm so, I'm having so many like little moments of clarity, but it's so interesting that like we can find this beautiful middle ground through creativity, right? And it brings us together. Mm -hmm. It's very united, which we need. Totally. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Coming back to that perspective on diversity of ideas and people and inspiration, um, I think it's really cool to be able to kind of connect it in so many unexpected ways. Um, and a lot of what we hear from men at Daydreamers is that they have a lot of chores. And I think we can all relate to this, right? Like we get so stuck in the parts of our creativity that are like, let me fix up this part of my house or let me do the gardening in the front because, you know, it needs to get done. And I think that kind of viewing our creative health as this solace, this almost like 
escape in a way from kind of maybe these responsibilities and expectations and also the ability to rejuvenate ourselves to show up to those other parts of lives more fully comes back to this idea of balance, right? It's something that allows us and gives us space. It's not just resting and sleeping, but it's kind of giving us that energy and that spark to show up more fully in all parts of life. Yes. I think you're just creating something and talking about it, that it's so needed and so important and will continue to be a big topic. So I'm just so proud of you for for doing it and grateful to witness it and have this conversation and learn more about you. I'm so curious Mm -hmm. what you're, we're big astrology people over here. Um, I don't know if you are, but we would love to know if you are, and if you know your sun, your rising, your moon, or what else. Mm. I'm just very curious. Awesome. I I might've not caught the beginning of that question, but I know my signs. (laughs) So... (laughs) Okay, yes. okay. Just we just want to know yes. what's your sun rising moon, all of it. Oh, I wonder if you can guess. <laughs> okay, uh, I feel I've given. I, I feel earth sign energy. Earth sign energy for sure. I would not be surprised if you're a Capricorn or oh a Taurus or a Virgo. <laughs> yeah. Wait, that's amazing. So my sun is Gemini. My rising is Virgo. And my moon is Leo. <gasps> we love a Leo moon. I feel like it makes sense. <laughs> oh, Leo moons are so Oh my God. Funny. And it makes so much sense that you're a Gemini sun. Yes. The ideas. The ideas. The mm-hmm. air. The air. Yes. Yeah. Air, earth, and fire. fire. Totally. Wow. That's incredible. So talk about balance. Yeah. Pretty yes. good balance. Do you know your Venus and Mercury? <laughs> Ooh, they're both Gemini. <gasps> Wow. wow. What about Mars? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Mars. Let me think. I use the Chani app, so I like, I pull it up. Okay, yeah, no, no. Um, I think my Mars is in Aries. Okay. Aries. Yes, because Mars that. is still action. And it's exalted there. So it makes so mm-hmm. much sense that you yeah. went into like finance because it's a very yes. like go, go, go. Like, it makes sense. And now you're, yeah. you have this fire and drive to, like, bring this wow. into the world. Oh, my gosh. So, Do you know your human design? <laughs> asking all of the questions. Yes. Must know. yes. I'm a manifesting generator. Of course. She's a manifesting generator. The visionary and the doer. And the oh, doer. No, yes. Oh, I love it. I just love when things make sense like this. I'm like, you're exactly doing the thing. Girl. Yes. You're living You're living the thing. Yeah. You're living by the stars it's, and by the design. Yeah. <laughs> That's so- oh my gosh. Well, thank you. It's funny because Dupi um, is uh, Pisces, Sun, and everything else Aries in his chart. So he like balances me out and also like brings some of that energy. So it's really fun to see how it kind of all works together. Oh my gosh. Yes. Here there's like your little sprinkle of water mm-hmm. and then the fire. And the fire. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Oh my gosh. That's so fascinating. Yeah. I know. It's funny because when I had seen Olivia Rodrigo's like spicy Pisces, mm-hmm. I was like, that is the perfect name for Doopy. It is exactly his his like persona and ethos is so spicy, but also like so uh, has yeah. lived a thousand lives already. <laughs> oh my God. I love that reference. We just so love funny. you. So, so what were you going to yeah, say? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but can we be friends? I like, know. I'm like, <laughs> we speak the same language. Yes. We speak the same language. And also like yeah. all the things that you oh, just said, I'm just like, and I also just feel so deeply as like an immigrant child of immigrant, like everything you like, you're I just feel very like it's so interesting because like I have a very similar background of like moving around the whole like put your head down. You got to work. You got to do this. Also a family of like entrepreneurs, people that just sold things. And it's just I just relate very deeply to all of the things that you just said. So I'm just like, I think this is the start Um, of a beautiful friendship. Yes. Yeah, I love that. I feel like a lot of 
it's really refreshing to be able to connect with um, first gen or immigrant kids who like have been on a similar journey. A lot of it's funny, Dupi and I's friends from NYU, um, even though there are many, let's just say like wealthy people <laughs> go to that college and obviously class yeah class is not the same as being an immigrant but pretty much all of our friends were first-gen immigrants that like kind of went through a very similar like go through the grind and then break free from it so I think it's a really kind of beautiful connection to have that I feel like a lot of us don't talk about but it's something that you just relate on such a deep level Mm-hmm. to each yeah. other yeah and it's a very like it's a very sh- strong thing that shapes you as a person mm-hmm. like I don't think I would be the same if like my parents yeah. had like, immigrated or like my uh, it would have been less uncomfortable and it wasn't uncomfortable like I my childhood was fine but like it's more so like this the fact is yeah. that you're outside of what would have been your home country and by default and at home, you have such a strong culture mm-hmm. that like you will always somehow feel other. Totally. And that will always push you to do more, to like mm-hmm. overcompensate. So it's very interesting yeah. how that then trickles into your work ethic, the way that you approach life, everything. It's, it's, and the people pleasing and all of that. So it's just like, we could, we could basically have a whole other yeah. podcast episode about it, to mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Like, I just oh my deeply relate totally. to that. Uh, okay, so before we go, how yeah. can people join Daydreamers? How can they join this incredible community? Like, tell us more so we can add all of the links to the episode yeah. description. And join. Yes, and join ourselves also. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, yes, that makes me so happy. Um, Yeah, so we actually just like a couple of weeks ago fully opened access, which is really exciting. We had been kind of closed wait list for a while. Um, But so it's just directly on our website, which is daydreamers.co. And then we have kind of a quick type form and then you'll get access to being able to sign up and join our community, which we kind of aren't sure how long we'll open that up fully but I think you know it'll be a good while and then hopefully we'll be driving towards full launch at some point next year but it's a really fun time to be part of it because Doopy and I are super involved with our community and um connect with every single person right now that's so exciting so exciting yeah we can't wait to just learn more yeah Yeah, continue to connect your beautiful community it's amazing and we have also like yeah. a couple of awesome. questions well, yes so, so we always ask our guests yeah or should we should i go with the deep one or yeah, the, the deep one okay so if you could go back to your younger self what would you tell her Ooh, i honestly haven't thought about a question like this in a while i'll go with my gut feeling which is just like keep shining. I feel like a lot of times when you're young, you're so just energized and pure and um, excited and enthusiastic about so many things. And I feel like that enthusiasm is what has driven me to all the areas of my life that I've explored. And I think a lot of times that fire can be kind of dampened in many different ways you know at home and school and um I would tell her like don't worry about what anyone says that is your superpower I love that I love that you shining star you <laughs> keep shining <laughs> that's something that's so beautiful and dear to us <laughs> that we're always just like surrounding ourselves yeah. Who we see that star mm-hmm. within them and constantly reminding our community that you are a star, you are important, everyone deserves to be seen and heard and, and shine to, and to shine truly. Yeah. And so I love that you said that. It's so beautiful. Okay. And the last question is if you could be a flower, which one would you be and why? I love flowers so much. I feel like they I would be every single one if I could. <laughs> They're truly, I feel like, as a being uh, represent me. But 
right now I feel kind of drawn to sunflowers. Um, I live in San Francisco and we have just like amazing farmers markets and we go every single week. And right now they are like thriving. And I feel like coming with the theme of being seen and shining, I feel like I need that that energy in my life. So I am picking a sunflower. <laughs> my gosh. I love that. I know. Love it. It's so connected to everything. <laughs> yes. Well, Tina, we uh, love you. We love you. We oh, also love flowers. So I just fun. kept thinking soulmates. Um, <laughs> yes, because the art it. of blooming, it's yes. like the symbolism yes. of flowers and death and rebirth and beauty, creativity. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. It's all the theme. Yeah. Um, we just love hearing stories like mm-hmm. yours who can inspire us to continue to just step into that creative self and just continue to evolve and grow and learn from one another. Mm. So we thank you so much for being here. We're so honored to have your time and energy. Yes. We can't wait to connect more with you and to connect our audience with you. So thank you. Thank you so much, Katina. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Um, And I'm, I'm so grateful. Thank you. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Art of Blooming podcast and we'll be speaking to you soon. Bye. Bye.